What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, Friday, September 23rd. And it's our last episode before the Week 3 clash against the Buffalo Bills. We're looking at the game plan needed to defeat Buffalo, something the Dolphins haven't done in several seasons. What's the pathway? We're going to talk about it here today on the show. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins, your host here, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of thedraftnetwork.com. Enjoying a Friday evening podcast, episode number seven for us this week. It's a big week for the Miami Dolphins. If you haven't heard, you haven't gathered. So uh, we're doing our best to get, to bring you guys the absolute best wall-to-wall coverage that we can in the build-up to week three against that team from Western New York. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, eyes, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, this show, number seven this week, is dedicated to the blueprint necessary to, to secure a win for the Miami Dolphins in week three against the Buffalo Bills at home. And uh, I holstered this one for last because I wanted to kind of get a vibe for what the injury report situation looked like for both teams. Uh, the Dolphins, Toronto Armstead did not practice this week. Um, there is some level of uncertainty around his unavailability for Miami. And that would obviously be a huge concern when Von Miller is still populating the other side of the line of scrimmage. So. Uh, here's hoping that the Dolphins uh, will ultimately have Teron Armstead at their disposal. I would be surprised if they don't, uh, just because we, we, if there was any player that didn't need the week of practice to jump into the game and play at a high level, it would be Teron Armstead. And um, I know that this season is a marathon and there are business decisions that have to be made for the good of your players. And the Buffalo Bills have certainly communicated that with what their injury availability looks like for this contest as well. It has been announced that the Dolphins will face a Buffalo Bills team that is without approximately half their starting defense. Safety Micah Hyde is confirmed out. Cornerback Dane Jackson is confirmed out. Fellow cornerback Tredavious White is on PUP. That is not a new development. He also will not be available for the team. Defensive tackle Jordan Phillips out. Defensive tackle Ed Oliver out for the Buffalo Bills. So five of potential 11 starters. The Bills will come into this game uh, with two rookie cornerbacks, first-round pick Kair Elam and sixth-round pick from Villanova, Christian Benford. And safety Jordan Poyer is also questionable for this football game. Offensively, it looks as though the team will be at full strength uh, with wide receiver Gabe Davis making a return. It also appears likely that tight end Dawson Knox will be available for Buffalo. So I say all that to say this. Let, let's obviously Dolphins fans very energized by what happened in week two. But I do think it is very important for the Dolphins fans and the Dolphins specifically as a team, because they're the ones that are going to have to go out there and execute to not take the cheese, right? Don't feel yourself and drink the Kool-Aid. And as coach Nick Saban would put it, eat the rat poison hear all these good things about you. You see the power rankings. Obviously, you you feel some kind of way for, for being able to come back and, and 
perform an all-time comeback against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this is a different animal, and I do think this is a little bit of a slippery slope for the Dolphins to, to have a, a Buffalo team that is missing so many pieces where it can be very easy to be lulled into a false sense of security. We all remember what happened in Week 17 in 2020 when the Dolphins went to Buffalo with a playoff spot on the line, and they the Bills sat some starters, sat more starters at halftime, and gave up 56 points and lost by 30. There is a weight to this game that I think transcends Week 3. There's a weight to this game that transcends... Um, the injury availability and whether it's there or not uh, because of the narrative that has developed when the Dolphins and Bills play each other. And you've seen everything from Bills fans that it's uh, just another game on the schedule to uh, if the Dolphins don't win without all these players for the Bills, then the Dolphins are pathetic. Self-defense mechanism ahead of time. I get it. Um there, there's for the Dolphins to be the team that maximizes their potential. The narrative that exists that the Dolphins cannot beat Buffalo cannot exist. So you could very easily look at this game and be dismissive and say, oh, well, it's week three. And if you want to get all jazzed up to play us, then good for you. But like, we really don't care about you and so on and so forth. Uh, but the Dolphins, as we talked about earlier today on, on the other show, are kind of entering into a stratosphere of being a team, or at least appear poised to enter into a stratosphere as being a team, that they have not been for a really long time. And I think all of that means the first major key for the Miami Dolphins in this game is to not get rolled up in that, and instead... Be focused on the task at hand. You have to play your best football game in all phases of the game of football, regardless on how many starters are or are not playing for the Buffalo Bills. Because Buffalo has assembled, when healthy, the best roster in football, and they have a pretty deep roster as well. So all I say to say all of that is, you know, I haven't forgotten Week 17, 2020. And I would hope the players that were on the team back then haven't forgotten that either. And the players who were on the team last year, I hope they don't remember the Bills running up the score late in the game. Because there's a lot of fans that haven't forgotten that. And there's some new faces here who weren't a part of that. The head coach wasn't a part of that. It is a new team. It's a new year. But there is some personal vibes that the Dolphins should be harboring coming into this game based on what this opponent has meant for Miami in the last two seasons. And I hope they remember that. And I hope that is fuel. And I hope that doesn't lead to negative energy, but I hope it leads to positive energy. Speaking of positive energy, let's make sure we're all putting out some positive vibes into the universe and using our friends over at Brightco. Get free custom jewelry insurance. Get a free quote. Don't be that guy that goes viral on the internet. You lose your engagement ring mid-proposal. Get plastered all over the internet. It'll live forever. Live in infamy. Once it's online, it's never off. 
Guys at Bryco Jewelry will make sure you get a replacement for the full value of that ring. Doesn't matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. Go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. So what's the blueprint look like? Um, offensively for the Dolphins, or offensively for the Bills, when the Bills have the ball, Miami's front has to find disruption organically. So if you get into obvious passing situations, I would look to probably implement some lighter rush packages, some speed packages, and then that way you should theoretically still be able to work some of your stunts in games, but then you are not tasking a defensive tackle to get out on the edge of the pocket and contain Josh Allen. So this is the game where you see Van Ginkle, Phillips, Melvin Ingram, and Emmanuel Agba as the front four with backers walked up there and Jerome Baker and Duke Riley. And, you know, if you, if you want to, you know, put guys on the line of scrimmage, and I ultimately think you'd be, you're, you're better served uh, kind of breaking some of your own tendencies for this matchup as far as how you play the coverage shell in the back end, back end and we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, I think that gives you a better formula for success than running some of your base fronts. You know, if it's third and mid, well, make them continue to check to runs. That's what I, I mean. If they're going to take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands and give it to Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and James Cook and Reggie Gilliam, the fullback, that's a win for you relative to Josh Allen. So what's interesting is some of the teams that have had success against Buffalo in the past have done so structurally within their defense by inviting the run, right? Um, I do think Miami has a physical test for the Bills offensive line that they have not had this season. Now, they faced Aaron Donald and they faced Jeffrey Simmons, but the depth of the Dolphins and the, and the competency of the Dolphins' defensive front from wall to wall uh, is better than that in which the Bills have faced. So instead of being dismissive of certain players and saying, let's give extra attention to Aaron Donald and let's give extra attention to Jeffrey Simmons, you got to win your one-on-one matchups across the board every single play. So in your early downs, I would try to invite, I would play more two high safeties than what you have played thus far this season. Whether that's Javon and Nick Needham, whether that is Javon and Eric Rowe, whether it is Javon and Brandon Jones, and those other players are going to be out there too playing different spots, but you got to ask yourself, who gives you the better, best chance to play a two high look? But if you live in a one high world, Against Buffalo, you darn well better get home. And the Dolphins have not done that to a high success rate this thus far this season. And that's not to say that that tendency won't regress back to the mean and the Dolphins will have more success rushing the passer because I think they will. But at the same time, if it's not something that you've come out firing on all cylinders to this point, I don't necessarily know that I like living in that world when it's Stefan Diggs and you're missing one of your top two corners. And if Gabe Davis is going to be back, I mean, it's that, that's just a slippery slope. You'd ideally rather force the Bills to be methodical 
and work their way down the field, prevent the explosive plays, invite them to run the football and trust your front to win matchups one-on-one. That to me is a better recipe than playing one man with a lot of bump and run and asking your corners to play in the trail and having Josh Allen throw with free access intermediate and deep areas of the field outside the numbers. It's a little unorthodox, but I think you're going to have to get a little unorthodox in this game. I think this is this is one of those ones where this is the caliber quarterback that exists dictates terms. And the recipe for success is limiting explosive, forcing them to consistently string together eight to 12 play drives. Execute in the heat of South Florida. Hope that your offense can return the favor so that, you know, the, the opposing defense is worn out as well. And uh, don't let them get on the board quickly. I think that that's the big thing because obviously we saw Baltimore did that and it flipped the script on its head. And Buffalo is more capable of doing that than what Baltimore is, which is scary, right? So you, you have to respect that. So as I think about it from Miami's defensive perspective, I'm probably playing more zone than I normally do. I because I want eyes in the backfield for if Josh Allen gets outside the pocket and runs. I'm playing more two high safety shells than I have all season long and probably all year last year in an attempt to prevent explosive plays. And in third and mids and third and longs, I'm getting my speed rush package on the field. I do not have any interior defensive lineman on the field. Give yourself the best possible chance that you can that you're going to end up with an athlete on the edge that can run with Josh Allen and will have a reasonable chance to, to bring him down. Jalen Phillips, I'm looking at you. This week's the week to make some plays, show off that star size, height, weight, speed, athleticism component that you have that makes you a really rare breed. This is the week to show up. Because for all of the buzz about who Buffalo will not have, they got all their dudes on the offensive side of the ball. Offensively for Miami, I think there's a couple different things that you could do. First and foremost, you have to protect the football. You cannot give the ball away. You cannot give opportunities to give the ball away. This is a Coach McDermott defense that has been very, very proficient at manufacturing turnovers over the years. They play a lot of zone. I would expect they're going to continue to play zone. If I am Miami, and this is just me, this is kind of one of the things that I would make sure is in my game plan for this week, right? I would look to go with a tight end set to, uh, hopefully we, we have Teron Armstead. And if we do have Teron Armstead, I would make sure we have a tight end in the formation who is attached to the line of scrimmage next to Greg Little. And there are no route releases by that tight end that do not involve helping on whichever edge defender you have. I trust Teron Armstead one-on-one with any pass rusher in the league. That's not going to say he's not going to get beat once or twice or a handful of times. But if you've got Greg Little versus Von Miller, I want a body to chip and extend the edge and force him to have to go through a second player. You're not going to stop him, but the least you could do is slow him down. So 
slide protection, and especially without Ed Oliver and without Jordan Phillips. So your interior defensive lineman for, for Buffalo is Daquan Jones, Tim Settle. Those are the only interior defensive, those are the only defensive tackles on the roster. Then they have Brandon Bryan on the practice squad. They have Prince Amelie on the practice squad. And they have CJ Brewer on the practice squad for defensive tackles. And yeah, I mean, you got to trust Liam, Connor, and Robert to take care of business there. Like you, you should have the matchups you need to take care of business inside. So I'm going to slide to Von Miller's side. I'm going to turn the center to Von Miller's side as much as I can, which means if the center is going to step left or right, whatever direction Von Miller is, is the way that I'm going to call the mic linebacker. Structurally, what I'll do off of that is I would put a lot of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the same side. If the Bills are going to play zone and they don't have Micah Hyde and they don't have Tredavious White and they don't have Dane Jackson and they got two rookies out there at corner and they have a backup playing safety in Jaquan Johnson, I am going to test the communication and I'm going to have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill in stack and bunch releases as much as I can to the same side of the formation. Now I can shift in motion to get there, but I want all that speed on one side as much as possible to really stress the communication and to give yourself the opportunity to have a bust that results in an explosive play. They're gonna, you're going to automatically, with all that speed on that side, they're going to play you so off, they're going to respect your ability. And if I'm Miami, I'm probably looking to throw outside quite a bit. I'm not pushing deep routes down the field with a great level of consistency, but I am looking to utilize that speed to manufacture space, and then I am looking to throw with timing to the outside. Oh, because Buffalo potentially will still have Jordan Poyer. And they will have both their linebackers, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. And they're going to try and muddy the picture. They're going to try to get up in gaps. And then they're going to drop out, but they're going to make a guess on who the four are that are coming. And with the athleticism of Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, what they will do is they will show in gaps inside, walked up on the line of scrimmage, and then they're going to turn and they're going to bail out of there. And they're going to take your in-breaking patterns that are over the middle of the field. They're going to take those throwing windows away from you because they're athletic enough to get there. So for me, I'm looking for quick game and timing with Tyreek and Jalen stacked to the same side of the field. Strategically, that's how I'm trying to manufacture enough space to guarantee I'm going to consistently have throwing windows that I feel comfortable with throwing it out there and testing those guys to tackle in space. That's my plan. As far as offensively, some ways that we could get there. I also think the run game's got to get live a little bit more than what it has. And it should, you know, these backers are fast to flow. Von Miller is not, he's more of a penetration upfield type. So you run at him and you're going to ask Daquan Jones and Tim Settle to scrape and flow. Can get up on top of these backers. I think there's going to be some cutback opportunities in the running game. Mostert and Chase Edmonds. I'm going to look to run at Von Miller and know that if he gets upfield super quick, I'm going to bend it back and cut back. And I should have the, the advantage at the line of scrimmage inside that I can get attached on those guys and I can run them out of there. And then it's Chase or Raheem in the hole versus either uh, Teron Johnson, the nickel, the nickel corner safety type, or one of the backers in the hole. 
I think those are all things that Miami has to look to manufacture in this football game offensively and protect the football and own time of possession. Because we've said it once, we'll say it again. Uh, South Florida, heat. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Delaware, right? It got cold here this week. The low last night was 48 degrees. Bills ain't pull no Bill Belichick goofball stuff and come down here on Tuesday. And it could be a rude awakening from a heat perspective. So give yourself the chance for it to be an advantage that co- goes in your favor when it's all said and done. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way for you to get all your sports action in the number one source for all your football betting info this season with the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Fastest and easy way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, I guess I'll leave you guys with this. I've been very abundantly clear in communicating. The Dolphins cannot take the cheese. They cannot drink the Kool-Aid. They cannot eat the rat poison. Right? But, I mentioned the personal dynamics that I think should exist for a lot of members of the Miami Dolphins roster and building that should facilitate a large level of focus for the Miami Dolphins in this contest. This should be a personal matchup for a lot of these guys. Bills ran up the score. Bills blew you out in 2020, ended your season. And the fans... My goodness, the fans. I love Joe Marino to death, and he does not go into this bucket. Joe Marino, of course, we did the Locked On crossover yesterday. But the Buffalo Bills fans, y'all are wild right now. A sense of snobbish entitlement that is just mind-bending for a team that has the same amount of division titles and playoff wins as the Miami Dolphins do since 1996. So since 1996, two division titles for each team, three playoff wins for each team. And Miami hadn't won a playoff game in about 20 years. And y'all are just, oh, the Buffalo Bills. God's gift to football. I'm tired of them, man. I am so tired of them, and I'm so ready for this Dolphins team to end this narrative, and this is an opportunity for do, to do that, but they have to be ready to play. They absolutely have to play the best game that they have played all season long because the quarterback on the other side and the head coach, they're ballers, man. You credit where credit's due. But I will not give credit to the vast majority of Buffalo Bills fans that I have seen just talking smack this week out their rear ends for a team that has as many banners as the Dolphins do since 96. As many playoff wins as the Dolphins do since 96. Last I checked, you don't get a banner for a divisional round appearance 
like the Bills had last year. You don't get a banner for losing in the conference championship game. And yet you would think this team is an NFL dynasty to be trifled with for, for all times on par with the nineties Cowboys and the eighties 49ers and the seventies Dolphins and the two thousands Patriots. Let's have me a little crow, please. Let's do that. Be a great week next week. Be a great victory Monday podcast. If we could have one, we'll be there either way. I'll make sure to, to, to be on the horn with you guys. You'll hear from me on Sunday night talking about the action and, and what happened throughout the course of the game. But in the midst of all the respect that I have for the Bills as a team, there's a large part of me that is ready for the fallout of a Dolphins victory. And here's hoping this is the time that the Dolphins are ready to do what they need to do to go out and get themselves a win against the team in Western New York. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. I'm Kyle Krabs. Talk to you on Sunday night. Go Dolphins.